Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. Ryan! Jake never came out. And welcome back to You Have Offended This Podcast. We watch martial arts movies. My name is Mike McCarran. With me, as always, is the man who always, with his art drawings, draws a dragon with his naked ladies, Chad Lindsay. How you doing, man? Hey. Oh, I am fantastic because I'm really excited. Like, revisiting this film was was a great idea. So thank you for choosing this one. Oh, this film is dope. I was I was well, really looking forward to the rewatch and it it did not disappoint. No, this didn't disappoint. It aged well and I remember uh you were the one that introduced me to this film in the first place because you had rented it, you watched it and you called me and you were like, "Hey man, I just finished watching Rapid Fire. Uh I don't have to bring it back till tomorrow, so come on over cuz I want to watch it again." So, <laughs> I yeah, I went over to your place the the day where you, you know, the days you had to return movies and yeah. uh and I watched it with you like immediately after you watched it and uh you and I, I remember you and I both really really loving a lot of aspects about this film, not just the fighting in the martial arts but we we both really enjoyed this film yeah man this is a dope movie the same kind of team the stunt team that gets put together which we'll get into in a little bit but it's the same kind of crew that does really solid work in all of their films so i'm really uh, i'm really psyched about this one before we get into it please remember to like and subscribe on whatever platform that you're on please leave us a review on iTunes if you can. Well, again, we're on Spotify and Stitcher and iTunes and wherever you want to get them. You can follow our social media on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. We always have those places there for you to leave suggestions for movies that you like. If you like one, put it there. And uh, we're starting a big list of movies. So once we do the movie that you like, I'll have the list of all the people that requested that one and we'll give you a shout out on the show. So keep that in mind. And uh, with that one, Let's get into this, man. This is Wicked. Rapid Fire, 1992. Yeah. This was filmed in Thailand, LA, and Chicago. Uh, had a budget of $10 million. On the box office, it brought in 14.3. So it's not a stellar success or anything, but good enough. Came out on video in 93, which is, I believe, when you and I watched it. And obviously stars Brandon Lee Powers Booth and Nick Mancuso. Nick Mancuso. Mancuso. I like that. We dude. need to hire somebody that does a lot of racist lines. Nick, can you handle that? <laughs> he, I'll tell you, man, like, not to be wokey McWokerston, but like, watching this movie, yeah. it catches you fucking off guard. <laughs> How racist Mancuso Serrano is. Like, Holy shit. <laughs> well, I remember the one line because I haven't seen this movie in years, right? And when yeah, he talks, me. he talks about that kid, some blank kid just yep. saw me. And I was like, man, remember that one racist line in this film? Well, let's play it back. And I'm like, oh, no, there is, there is far more than one. I just, is- I just happen to remember one. <laughs> there is a plethora of racist lines in this movie. Oh my god. Yeah, he does not slack off. The writers in this film were going for it with this Italian. And even with the Italian stuff, 
Like mm. he's Italian. All the Italian stereotypes are hit. Like and then some. Oh yes, <laughs> with him. Holy shit! And it's funny coming off our last one. You know, the last dragon. <laughs> how we were talking about how they they flipped the stereotypes on their head, and this yeah. one this one goes back to it. This one's just like, hey man, we're gonna return <laughs> to the old school racist stereotypes. Oh yeah, this was the the Italians in Black Belt Jones. This is like. Yeah, <laughs> right there. Exactly. We're eating. We're staying. The catchphrases. We're biting our hands. We're doing all the shit. <laughs> exactly. It was. It was shockingly like whoa. But <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, I, I hear you. Okay, so again, I broke this into five five little chunks here. So the opening, the opening little part, section here is we get the opening credits, obviously, and then we have a cut to Thailand where Serrano and Kinmen Tommy Chow. Kinmin, Tommy, Tao, uh, meet and have a bit of a falling out. And then we cut back and Jake is introduced, uh, where a Chinese uh, student activist tries to recruit him to the cause of Tiananmen Square activism, but Jake is not interested. And then a model uh, tricks Jake into going to the activist's fundraiser anyway, where Jake sees Serrano kill one of Kinmin's uh, sort of lower level bosses. And this sets off the whole plot. So the opening credits kind of a throwback to Bruce Lee's fists of fury with the blurred hands where he's fighting the, the dude, the last, the last bodyguard. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so cool that we did Bruce Lee and then we did the last dragon. And then we did this one because all of those films do that blur. Yeah. Well, the blur of course, from Chinese connection, but you, you, you get, you get my drift here, how it just kind of goes through because Bruce Leroy does the the moving arms. And then I thought the opening scene was was really cool. It was well lit. And uh, I like the sound. I like the audio with it. And, and Brandon looks good. Brandon does look good. His moves are cool. The blur looks neat. I liked it. And then the cut to Thailand is kind of cool where they, where they have Serrano showing up at, at Tommy's, the, the heroin distribution center, effectively, the heroin harvesting center. And they have obviously known each other for a long time and sort of came up together. And Tommy is now in Thailand and organizing the whole running of the heroin to the United States. And Serrano is upset here because he's not getting his crew's going to jail and stuff. And he's, his end is sort of falling apart. And he now wants a piece of Tommy's end. And Tommy is having none of that shit. No. And but the, the one fight scene I, here is dope. Yeah. But before we talk about the fight scene, the one thing that I wanted to, when I watch this and they're actually in Thailand and they're there, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about those old school movies. And I, yep. I, I know I sound old by saying old school talking about this, you know, yeah, film from 92, both. <laughs> but, but in, in, there was a time where everything was very structured and they're actually in Thailand on a set. And then later they're on a boat. Like that's one of the things that, you know, films that are in that, you know, past 20 years old, you know, that pre 2000s time, they really took a lot of care and, and, you know, went to various locations. And I, I appreciated that immediately because I did forget about this part. Yeah. I remembered this first, this first fight scene because I remember really liking it, but I forgot that when I looked up the film locations and it said, you know, Thailand and LA, and then the the bulk of it is in Chicago. The, the Thailand scene is like, it, what is it? Five minutes? It, it might be mm. five, six minutes when they're there. So they literally flew these actors to Thailand <laughs> for like six minutes of film, which is why the budget got jacked up to 10 mil, I'm sure. Like a, yeah, a big part of it is that they actually put out the effort to go there and, and do this stuff. 
and and kudos here also in the acting to to Mancuso and to uh, Tai Ma, who plays Tommy uh, Kinman, Tommy Tao. Mm. They're really good. Like I, I know it's it's the writing that that Mancuso has to deal with with respect to the the racist stuff that he has to say and stuff, but he does it well. Yeah, he does it well, and he also looks very uncomfortable in the heat because he's wearing that big Italian suit. Yeah, you know, you could see he's sweating because he's hot because <laughs> he's, he's literally hot wearing wearing a full suit, and it you know it's ninety two, so it's still got the shoulder pads in it. So he's yep. he's obviously uncomfortably warm in that scene. And uh, oh yeah. And and it's it's done well. And the stick fighting scene is really cool because that's kind of how he lets Mancuso know exactly who he is and what he's dealing yeah. with without words. Yeah. And when you watch the two stunt guys that are fighting initially when they're watching, come, let's watch the fights. And they go watch these two dudes fight. These dudes are throwing down. Like they are hitting each other with sticks. Oh, yeah. The two guys that are actually fighting beforehand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, like I was specifically watching this time for the fighting because I remember last time when it was, you know, it was, gee, it's got to be 25 years since I've watched this movie. Yeah. But I watched it again and was specifically like watching for quality in the fights. And these guys are hitting the sticks like they're really throwing. Yeah. And it looks it looks great. And when Tommy gets up and points to the two of them, it's a good fight scene. It's really well choreographed where he laces the stick, the, the bow staff between that one dude's arms and flicks his staff away and then whacks yeah. him. And then does that setup where he has the stick behind his his uh, arms and then spins around and hits him in the face and ends up with his arm out facing Serrano. Yeah, it's and awesome. then when dude when dude goes to fall and he actually catches him and holds him up for a second before yeah. he takes him down. Like yeah, it was it was executed really well. And again, I, th- I think it's more of the older films where everything they do has to serve the story, and that that serves the story well because he just walks up to Mancuso, gives him a big stare. And then, you know, Serrano just, you know, spits on the ground. And uh, yeah, yes, good, good way to start it off. Good way to blow a bunch of money going to Thailand to film that for the five minutes. So I appreciated, uh, I appreciated the extra effort that they put in. Yeah. And it was a nice, a nice uh, tie in with the Sicilian proverb when he holds the stick out. What the hell did he just say? It's a Sicilian proverb. It means don't ask for what you can't take. It was cool. And there's a good payoff with that stick fighting in the end. So I thought it was a really excellent scene. And then we cut back now after this to to L.A., to, to, to Los Angeles, where Jake is driving in on his pretty cool motorbike and looks all wicked driving up there. And he sees the Tiananmen Square rally. And he has sort of a bit of a, a flashback to his dad. So you get this sense that he was in Tiananmen Square and something terrible happened with his dad. And the Chinese student tries to sort of get him to say something. And Jake just wants no part of it at all and kind of blows him off. And then you end up cutting to the the uh, the art class where Jake is in there in the life studies class. And he's drawing the the model. Uh, a good little uh, good little cameo here from Richard Schiff. Used to yeah, be on the I, West Wing. I totally forgot he was in this until I saw I it. And I was like, hey, no clue. Yeah, that's Toby from the West Wing. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was great. But you know, Brandon Lee, soon as he arrives on screen, he really has an incredible presence. Like he's a good actor. He's good looking. You know, he uh, he's got a lot of charisma and really good way to start this film off. 
Yeah. That was the one thing that people who reviewed this movie really said. People who aren't martial arts movie fans, who are just like movie critics, flat and straight. You know, one of them really stood out. Roger Ebert. I read his review from back in the day. Roger Ebert gave this movie one and a half stars out of five. He didn't like it. He did say Brandon Lee had that charisma, had that thing that movie stars do. And that was good. But, he, you know, he shit all over the plot and the this and the that. And I was like, <sighs> and it got me thinking because I think martial arts movie fans, martial mm. arts movies, if you like them, it's a lot like porn. <laughs> because okay where are you gonna you're, go with this <laughs> because you're because you're watching it for a specific purpose and you watch a martial arts movie for really good fight scenes and i don't really need the plot to tie together which we will get into later with this movie i don't need it to tie together i just need a reason for these two dudes or these people to hate each other and want to fight and it has to be vaguely plausible and if the fight scenes are awesome and that plot goes through okay, in some semblance of a way, I'm a happy dude. Yeah, and I think that I think that what we talk about a lot in these these episodes of these podcasts is, you know, we talk about the tone and we talk about what they were going for. And sometimes it's goofy, sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's an action movie, but we're always going there for the for the main reason of watching some good martial arts. And exactly. And this film has a lot of really cool things that I really, really loved as far as the fighting and the fight choreography. And, you know, it tied itself into something that was very big at the time, the Tiananmen Square. And it's just basically a launching pad to get him to, to, to get him into the action. And I, and I think it's decent. I think it's decent, too. I, I really like it. And so anyway, we get this art class where Jake is drawing the person, drawing, drawing the girl. He did... You know, the, Richard Schiff is like, come on, Jake, just draw what you, you can sense the frustration in him because every art class I'm sure has that one jag off that, you know, wants to draw her essence or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's that, he's that guy. It's like, just yeah. draw the fucking girl, please. Will you? Just... <laughs> so, and actually when she, when the class ends and she comes over and she's like, can I see what you draw? And he was like, yeah, sure. Did you catch the little quick? There's a little quick continuity error here where she comes around and she looks at it and she's like, wow. And they show the picture of her with the dragon behind her. And then she's like, is that me? And it shows cuts to Jake and he goes, no, no, you're the dragon. (laughs) And then it shows the picture again. The first time they show it, the dragon is just a dragon plane, not finished with no scales. And when they cut back, the dragon has scales all over it. (laughs) Wow. Within a a second, it's like a fully finished drawing. (laughs) Wow. You're really fast. Yeah, wow, that was fun. That reminds me of that. Remember that Simpsons episode where Homer was playing the dog and he goes, does this go out live? And the guy goes, no, no Homer, no. very few cartoons go out live. It's a terrible strain on the animator's wrists. Yes. <laughs> hey, and thank you for listening to this teaser episode of the podcast. Full episodes can be found at patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. We do at least four episodes a month. Everyone gets one free. The other three are like this one, a teaser with the full show available with a subscription. Now there's five levels of subscription to choose from to suit any budget with the lowest being just five bucks per month. That's less than a rabbit harness leech thing on Amazon. I mean, what are you going to do with that? It's nice. I mean, don't get me, don't get me wrong, but think about it. You can walk your rabbit safely or 
you can get over six hours of original entertainment to make your workout or commute or life better. Plus, access to all the past seasons, each season being 21 episodes. Patrons also get to be a part of the Dojo Crew. You become a producer of the show. And the best part is you don't have to do any of the hours of work it takes to create an awesome show every week. You just reap the benefits. It's awesome. So head on over to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast and become a patron. You'll have our eternal gratitude and the satisfaction of literally being a producer of the media you find most appealing. Thank you so much. We'll see you inside the dojo.